Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, sharing thoughts with the leading experts to uncover expansive and evolutionary truths that support the unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and this hour we'll be exploring the boundless self. Identity is a mysterious thing. We can only be what we identify with, and yet, in the process of identification, we become trapped in the identity. We live, breathe, and express through the limited bandwidth of frequency that by our own attunement defines us. We're expansive beings of light, capable of multiple expressions in any moment, designed to shift like quicksilver. Yet our wings have been clipped. We've been conditioned to take on a role and stick with it for fear of losing ourselves, our importance in the scheme of things, and our relationship to others. What is this boundless self? Where do we truly begin and end? Can we transcend identity and still function in society? If we let go of these self-imposed limitations, what wonders are we capable of? Could we actually evolve into more than we currently are? Our guest this hour has some amazing original thoughts on this very subject. Robert Levine is a professor of psychology and former associate dean of the College of Science and Mathematics at California State University, Fresno, where he's won awards for both his teaching and research. He's former president of the Western Psychological Association. His books include A Geography in Time, the Power of Suasion, How We're Bought and Sold, and the just-released new edition of Stranger in the Mirror, The Scientific Search for Self. His website, boblevine.net. Bob, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution Radio Show. Well, thank, thank you, Wilda. Thanks for having me. So what is the self? <laughs> you decided to start with it. Yeah, let's just jump in with, yeah, let's just jump in with both feet. <laughs> right. Uh, well, the uh, that's that's something that I've tried to wrestle with, of course, my entire life, as everybody does, but for probably the last ten years. And uh, it's the the I found that it's a classic example of uh, uh, the more the more you look for the more one looks for answers, uh, the more difficult questions it raises. Uh, what I can tell you is that what what I've tried to do, is to uh, uh, beginning as a as a social psychologist and uh, looking at uh, what sort of person do I identify as? If I ask myself who am I, try to uh, try to list answers to that question. Uh, we find that uh, people are not only complex but often uh, often full of contradictions. But then what I decided to do was uh, to look at other sciences. And what we find is that if we look on the biological level, if we look on the genetic level, even if we look at the, on the level of physics, that there are, there are great confusions. It's very difficult to establish where self begins, where self begins and, um, and other ends. Yeah, that's pretty uh, fascinating, isn't it? Because we have, um, like you were saying, on the biological level, we're a community of, of flora and fauna and bugs and this and that. I mean, um, I think there are 10 times more um, bugs than there are human cells in the, in the physical body. And that's just on the physical level. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one to, to get your head around, but uh, there are some estimates that more than, more than half of our body weight is composed of, uh, of microorganisms uh, that that have a different DNA than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So how within all that, we're kind of viewing ourselves as a single being, and yet we're really not. How do how do we reconcile that? 
well, I'd, I'd like I'd like to add that um, on the biological level, uh, even 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 if we look at the uh, if we look at the self that we are now and uh, the self that we believe that we were somewhere somewhere in the past, that with just a couple of a couple of very small exceptions, we do not possess a single a single cell today that we had when we were children. So we're, you know, we're very, we're, we're very changeable, we're very changeable beings. And then, uh, and we, and we live on some sort of a faith that uh, this person that we see the pictures of when we were younger, and they're a part of our memory or ourselves. And then we, we also project to the future. And we think about a future self, uh, which we, which we take possession of, which is really a pretty weird thing when you think about it. Uh, something that doesn't exist that we're planning, uh, we're planning sacrificing for for something for something that doesn't exist but the question of uh, how do we reconcile it uh, we tell a story uh, we de- we develop a narrative we did de- uh, we develop some sort of sensibility to help us get it through help us get through or or else it all becomes it just all becomes too confused so we we pick and choose we pick and choose items from our memories of the past uh, we filter we we modify uh, we we reinterpret things that happen in in the in the present uh, to to try to uh, to to form some sort of narrative about who we are and who we're not and what differentiates ourselves from other people. So, do these narratives or stories or stories actually um, dictate what we become? They very they very they they very much do. Uh, something else that that we certainly know from my field of social psychology is that when a person once a person takes a position, once a person establishes a belief that it's human nature to do everything we can to maintain that belief and in fact to convince ourselves that we're correct, and this means that we uh, we're very careful about the information that we allow that we allow to come in. We put ourselves in positions where we're around other people or in in social media groups that confirm that confirm our position. And at the end, uh, what may have been what may have been kind of a, an arbitrary stab in the dark to try to make sense of something um, we become we we become more convinced of than ever. With everything changing so rapidly and societies blending together and the speed of media and everything else, isn't that putting a lot of pressure on that old way of being, that old identity? Um, it is putting a great deal of pressure on it, but I would I would argue that there are paradoxical consequences. Uh, the more confusing things become, the more the more we strive to to simplify in in one way or another to make sense of it, and uh, once a, once again to to convince ourselves to convince ourselves that we're right, and this world that we live in, uh, where we're the the information is coming the information is coming at us as often as we choose to take a look at at whatever that device is that we happen have in front of us at this at this moment, uh, it 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 pushes us, it pushes up to, to simplify, to have an even clearer narrative, 
And then once we have that narrative to surround ourselves by with with inputs that are going to be consistent with that narrative. And That's it. That sounds almost I, more like think, devolution think, than evolution. The, the, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't under, uh, can you repeat that again? Yeah, it sounds like we're shutting down more rather than evolving and becoming more expansive by that I think, um, description. I, I, think, I think that's the case. And uh, with, uh, uh, without wanting to, uh, to take tangents into, uh, into, into today's political, polit political world, I think that's exactly what we're seeing there. So um, how, how can we transcend that um, tendency and become more expansive and embrace more of reality? Well, I believe the, the beginning is to, uh, uh, to, to engage in narratives such as the narrative that you're doing in, in, your, in your show, of uh, getting people to, to try to recognize what, the, what is actually going on, to step, step outside of the situation. Um, uh, uh, I actually, <clears throat> I actually study cults, and cults are, uh, uh, cults are really they're they're a wonderful example. They're they're a primary example of how all this is happening in an exponential in an exponential way, and we'll, and what we find with with cults is that once somebody takes that first step. Uh, they then tend to become more and more engaged until, uh, as we as we well know, they end up in a spot where they're where they're true believers, and it's us versus them. And the only way to break through is to be able to pull that person out of that context, to have them be able to look from the outside. And uh, I believe that that's the best thing that we can do ourselves. Is you know, if you're if you're a CNBC fan, you know that. Turn it off for a turn it off for a while. <laughs> go and take a walk. Go talk to somebody who has another point of view. If you know, you know, if you're a Fox News person, then then do the same. And uh, and once we have that kind of, once we pull ourselves out of it, we start to see just how how we're pushing ourselves down these paths. Well, it's time for us to take a quick break. It's time for a short pause. Robert and I will be back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, 
free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Professor Robert Levine. His website, boblevine.net. Robert, we were talking about cults, and would you mind defining a cult for us? <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, also... Also, one of those uh, uh, diff- uh, difficult questions. Um, it's been said that every 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 new religious, um, every successful religious movement, uh, every every mainstream religious movement was originally no was originally called a cult, and uh, one person's cult is another person's um, uh, is another person's step step in the step toward the uh, the future. But what we do what we can talk about is cult-like thinking, and cult-like thinking has very little peripheral vision. It it is one where, uh, it is one where uh, one has their beliefs. Their beliefs, uh, your beliefs are, uh, are assumed to be fundamentally true, and uh, any any challenges to those beliefs are uh, the sign of uh, somebody of lower lower moral stature or or a pure and true pure and true evil. So it's kind of like agreed upon reality. It is an agreed upon reality. Uh, that's that's very well put, and it's not. Uh, but I think agreed upon may even be may be too soft a word. Uh, it's uh, once once that agreement is made, it becomes it becomes seen as the truth with a capital T. Mm-hmm. So what effect does that have on the individual then? 
the 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 individual will find ways to filter any new information that comes in in a way that enhances that belief. Uh, if uh, if contradictory information comes in, that becomes reinterpreted as as uh, in such a way that it proves my point. So we re um, reevaluate or redefine um, input. We we twist the input to match with the belief system. Is that what's going on? Yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, you know, and we and uh, you can you, you can think of that in uh, in a number of ways. Uh, uh, to go back to, I mean, this the what we have going on on the political level today is just. Uh, I mean, it's it's an awful situation, but it's a living laboratory for a social psychology social psychologists like myself. So um, a new piece of information uh, comes in comes in challenging. If I if I could take. Uh, assumed to look through the eyes of somebody who was a supporter of the current administration. Something something comes in that challenges the current administration. Uh, that now that now becomes interpreted as uh, as part of that narrative, which um, which which has been established that uh, the press is out to get this person. And I become even more strongly convinced of my feelings in 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 the first place. But so uh, you know, how how can we as individuals? transcend this conditioning because it again it sounds like it's uh supporting separatism rather than unity absolutely uh as i as i say one way is to step out of the situation you have to you have to you have to cut the line you have to for a moment take some sort of a sabbatical from the lifelines from the social lifelines from the psychological lifelines that you have uh, get out of the situation and try to and try to see it uh try to see it as a as a stranger but I think in a more practical way, uh, it's it's important to it's important to introspect, uh, take note of yourself. Uh, one way of doing this is um, uh, what we talk, what we call activity sampling in, in my in my field. Uh, basically, basically keep keep some sort some sort of a journal. What am I what am I doing right now? What am I thinking? How does it make me feel? And try to try to try to think for yourself. Think for yourself in in the most uh, in the most literal in the most literal sense. Uh, take note take note of what this does for me, and take note of the person that I am in that situation. And I think once you begin to do that, you're able to look at yourself as if as if you were another person, as if you were a counselor to yourself and see that, well, you know what? There are these, there are these contradictions in myself. I don't like that contradiction. Mm. Or I do like that contradiction. I like that in this situation, I act one way. And in the second situation, appropriately, I act. The main thing is, though, once we have this understanding of ourselves, we have these insights that we can make these decisions. And if you'll excuse the terminology, we can we can rise above ourselves. So the what you're talking about is developing a witness uh, for yourself rather than letting the cult mentality be your witness. Yes, the cult mentality. And, uh, you know, and I think people aren't, you know, people aren't necessarily comfortable with that notion of cult. It's uh, it's a very because it, it it's. 
very normal. It's a very normal mentality. I mean, we find we uh, we look for these lifelines. We we need to we need to find ways of finding some kind of a social group, a social community, a social reality uh, that can have help that can help us make sense of things. But to be able to be able to look at it, be able to look at it from a distance in such a way that we can understand that you know this is arbitrary. Uh, this isn't to say that it's good or bad. Um, we need this kind of arbitrary, arbitrary narratives. But just understanding that it's arbitrary opens up all kind of possibilities. Now you're now you're in control. Now you can mold your future self. You can mold the sort of person you would like to be, and you can mold the sort of community you'd like to be in. It sounds like we've become extremely compartmentalized. Um, and what we need is more continuity. How can we, if we're molding our, our societies, not our societies, but our, our groups, our support groups, is that how does that serve? How can we become more flexible so that we're also embracing continuity? Hmm. Hmm. Well, the, the, there, there are a number of ways of, of looking of looking at what we're, you know, of, of what we think of uh, as uh, as continuity. Uh, one is that we're not that we're not contradicting ourselves back and forth. That we're not we're not we're not shifting from one reality to another reality in such a way that we're uh, that we're causing difficulties. That we're making the world and ourselves a worse place r- rather than a better place. The other way of looking at it is that uh, is that we need is that we need to keep an open mind and to understand that maybe maybe this this. This way that I was acting, this self that I was in this situation, is not the way, not the way that I would like to act. You know, there's a wonderful saying that I love. It's been, been attributed to various sorts of philosophers, and that is that that it's good to keep an open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the truth? Because it's. I think right now what we're really challenged with is there is so much information. There are so many viewpoints. How do we maintain? integrity within the within the self and embrace all the different viewpoints yeah and uh, and this and and once again I would I would argue that the way to do that is to begin by 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 uh, begin by becoming more and more aware that uh, that this is what we're doing and that and that we're living a very arbitrary truth that uh, that that this truth changes over time. It's some. It, it, it's often uh, in the form of an uh, of sometimes a, a combative committee, even 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 within our own our own minds, and that uh, and that there are way and that and to identify the elements that we don't think are working correctly, and uh, and uh, but it takes it takes a certain detachment from. From what we think of as ourself, in order to do that. Okay, think, so if, uh, you know, if, if you can live, you know, if you can, if you if you can do it like a Nike commercial, you know, you know, just do it, mind over matter, self discipline, you know, I can, I can, I can, then that's great. But if that's not working for you, if you if if you watch if you, if you watch things getting worse. You watch yourself getting entrenched. You watch your community getting entrenched um, in behaviors that that we are uncomfortable with. Then I suggest that we we recognize another reality of what it is to have a self. That you know, there's this self of awareness, but 
But what's going on inside our mind has much more to do with uh, has, to, has to do with much more than we're aware aware of. Uh, this this part of our this this idea that I can decide to do something um, maybe uh, it it is it is so it is somewhat self deceptive it is largely self deceptive and uh, and at that point I, it's it's useful to just sit back and look at yourself as another person uh, how do I want to how do I want to mold my myself and. Um, you know, we do, we don't have the ultimate control in that. We know well. We know from studies that um, if uh, that we only become aware of our decisions after there's been neural activity. Uh, in other words, uh, the uh, the decisions seem to be made on a neural level in our brain be, be, before we're aware of the, of these decisions, uh, and we need to find ways that we're not enslaved by this kind of a relationship. Uh, and we know that, well, I may not be able to, I may, not, I may not be able to precede my neural activity, but I can serve an editorial function. Um, I, can, I, can, I can look at the person that I am and the person I'd like to be, and I can influence myself. To well, we're going to we're going to have to take another break, but on the other side, we'll take a look at how we can transcend our conditioning, or can we? And it is time for another short pause. Robert and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Professor Robert Levine. His website, boblevine.net. Robert, we were talking about these um, neurological pathways that tend to uh, dictate our behavior. Um, so how, how do we get beyond our conditioning so that we can dictate our own behavior? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question, isn't it? How do we how do we rise above ourselves? Uh, and I, uh, as I as I said, I believe that for mo- for most of us, if we've been unsuccessful in rising above ourselves, uh, whatever whatever it may be, that it's helpful it's helpful to look at ourselves as a, as a bit of an object look at ourselves as a stranger or look at ourselves even better as a as a as a friend you're watching your friend struggle with something whatever so how can i you know how am i gonna how am i gonna help them out how can i create conditions that are gonna help them out and sometimes it can get a a little bit silly uh uh there's a there's a wonderful example um um, uh, a woman who was um tells this story herself she was a uh, a, a strong civil rights advocate, uh, a, 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 pro, a, pro, a progressive human rights adv- advocate, and she was also uh, a longtime smoker who'd been trying to quit her habit for quite some time. And uh, there was a point when I guess she saw a doctor and, uh, and he gave her essentially a death sentence. She knew she had to do something about it, and she just didn't trust herself to be able to quit. So she went to a friend. Uh, she wrote out a check to the Ku Klux Klan for $10,000 and told her friend that if I ever smoke another cigarette, you are to send this check to the Ku Klux Klan. And that's uh, a motivator. She, and she never smoked another cigarette. Um, there, there are uh, writers, uh, uh, they're just terrific because they can be so neurotic about, uh, about their free, about their free, cre- their free creativity. So um, Victor Hugo, um, the great French writer um, was was said to uh, uh, he liked to write in the morning, and what he would do he would take off his clothes and give it to his butler, 
and tell his butler that the butler is not to give him his clothes back until he had written uh, so many so many thousand words that that morning. Um, you know, these are these are kind of these are extreme examples, but I think they're a good way of looking at things. You know, find your find your own weak point. Uh, find uh, try try to try to identify identify the the type of situations that bring out the best in you, and the situations that prevent prevent you from uh, expressing the worst inside of you. And then trying to create situations that are going to that are going to maximize your successes. And so, uh, how, this, is a, this is a very personal, you know, this is this is truly personal. Uh, people can talk to you about the process. But if somebody tells you they have the answer, then I would say, you know, thank you. It's been good talking to you. But, I, you know, I, I need to look at myself very carefully. So how does a sense of self differ from identity and personality? Aha. <laughs> Uh, the, 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 the sense of ourself is the narrative that we draw about ourselves. So, you know, if I ask myself, if I, you know, if I ask the question, if I ask, uh, I ask the question, who am I? What are the sort of answers, answers that I, uh, that I, that I give? Uh, these are, this is my, this is my self identity. The personality is the, is the, um, is the corpus uh, and the mind that I show I show to the world, and there may or may not be consistency between between the two, and there certainly may or may not be consistency between the way that I believe I present myself to the world and the way the world believes that I appear. So do you, do you see this this conflict between um, sense of self, identity, and personality? Do you see that as something that we can transcend as we become more unified? You, you know, I I guess that that question of unification is is a difficult one for me. Um, it, I uh, we certainly want to believe that that the subcells that we have, the you know, who who am I? Who am I when I when I'm when I'm when I'm speaking um, on mission evolution? Um, who am I when I'm home and speaking to my wife? Uh, who am I when I'm speaking to a waitress? Uh, uh, th- these are these are very these are very different people. Um, I don't I don't see a need to unify them in the sense of they're becoming precisely the same person. But what I do want what I what I would like, at least when I think about myself, is to be able to take these people and sit them around a table and and be convinced that they have something to say to each other and that they essentially get along, get along with each other. You know, when I'm when I'm working with a bunch of people, uh, different people, I find that there's different aspects of me that connect better than others to different individuals. It doesn't mean I lose vision of the whole. It's like a, a diamond showing a different facet, but there's still unity there. How can we become more that way so that we do identify with the whole rather than the little parts? You know... I, I really I, I have difficulty I, I have difficulty with this idea of there is a hole but that hole is a moving target um, it, 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 I, 
we know, we know this when we step into a pressure pack situation, when we assume an, a new role, you know, um, uh, you become it's your first day on the job or or even more so um, when you become a parent um, or the first time that that you that you fall in love with somebody, a whole new self comes out. Um, the an entire new self comes out. The whole changes at that point. Um, but it's just it's one new part of yourself, and it's part of this ever changing self. I believe that to me, it, rather than thinking about what is the whole, what is that, what is it that ties everything together? What I prefer to think about is is um, is this is this corpus, uh, is this is this mind moving in the right direction? Um, are the conflicts that exist in between, are they, are they useful? Are they useful conflicts or are they, um, are they, are they, are they problematic com conflicts? Um, I, the closest to a whole that I can think of is this sense of awareness that I have. And I think of that as kind of an editor, an editor's function that you know i don't i'm not i'm not the writer of the of the script or the various scripts but what i can do i think is to uh to make suggestions or put pressures on myself to improve that subscript um to um uh to 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 look for an entire new new script and uh and and where i see disconnections that are problematic to uh, to see if I could do something, something about that. But I think, I think it's important to recognize that from a, the level of ourselves to the level of our social behaviors, that it's all change, that we are constantly, constantly evolving. There is no thing there. There is no self as a discrete, tangible entity that exists. That, that's a beautiful point that, you know, what they say, the one constant thing is change. But if we're not changing, then we're stagnant. And there's only two ways you go with this. Either, either stop moving and that doesn't work well. You know, if we freeze, it's death. Or you continue to expand. How can we reconcile that expansion with our sense of self? Well, I believe that the expansion is ourself. And uh, once we can... Once we embrace that as our true self, as this as this individual that's in constant change, this individual that has set very arbitrary boundaries between um, between where 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 their existence ends and other people other people be, begin, uh, then uh, we have a more realistic view of who we are as a person, and that opens up possibilities. Um, you know, you, you you know, I mean, uh, one could certainly you know, you can ask, you can ask the question, uh, you know, it, 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 an, a very realistic re a reaction to the notion that no single self exists is, well, you know, what are you telling me? Should I just pack up and go to the beach? Um, <laughs> but I, I, re I see that, I see it very differently. I see that as, as a source of enormous power. Um, we can create ourselves, we can create ourselves and we can recreate ourselves and uh, this isn't to say that I'm denying any consistency in myself. This is, I'm not talking about this in any kind of a psychopathic kind of a way, 
but I can recreate myself to become to become you know a a better a, a better self. So you uh, recreate it, self yourself by recreating your stories. Um, by 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 recreating our stories, but also by stepping back and looking at our stories and and seeing and looking at the ways that our stories may be limiting our possibilities for for enhancing ourselves for creating for creating better future selves and once we do that we can make decisions to put ourselves in different situations associate with more or less with different people um, uh, take on take on certain challenges stop doing things that we that that uh, that are that are not helping us along begin doing other sorts of things well and, it's about uh, time for another break uh, we'll take the commercial break robert and oh, i will okay. be back shortly so okay. don't you dare go away we're listening to the mission evolution radio show on the exxon broadcast network www.xzbn.net You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, 
finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in the evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. We're speaking with Professor Robert Levine, his website, boblevine.net. So, I need you to help me out here a little bit, Robert. Um, I need a nice lay way <laughs> for, for a person to start stepping out of their conditioning and into the driver's seat of their lives. Okay, here's a, here's a beginning, a, 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 a low-tech a low way of doing this, or it could become a high-tech way because you could find, find a lot of apps on the internet. But uh, begin to keep, Begin to keep some sort of uh, a journal, a personal journal. Um, now, does the personal journal work because you can't rewrite it once you've written it, so you can't rewrite history? <laughs> oh, the, the, oh, <laughs> uh, I would no. I I would say I would say <laughs> very differently. I would say that uh, uh, what's nice about a personal journal is that uh, we can we can then begin to look at it as an editor and. And see, well, you know what? I think I left something out, or I think there's another. I think there's another way of looking of looking at this. But I'll I'll give you a, I'll give you another way an, another way of, of, of going at it, and uh, it may be helpful to uh, to find one of them the mention the, uh, the the many the many apps that are that are available. What we talk of well, just like, do, you, do you mind? Do you mind going back to the personal journal? Uh, because yeah. I'm still unclear on how you use it. What do you do with it? Okay, so if in that in that personal journal, in that journal, if I can keep track in some sort of real time or as close to real time as possible uh, of what was I doing, what was I thinking, what was what 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 how did I how was I what did I take away what did I take away from this how did I walk away from this. Um, so, you know, and then and, and if I if I can do these kinds of recordings on some kind of a consistent basis and then be able to to look back on it, um, what I would suggest is that what I would argue is everybody that I know who has done this uh, finds that there are there are many things that they see that really surprise them. So, you know, at it seemed like when I, 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 I always seem to walk away in a better mood or I seem to feel energized when I did such and such trivial thing. And, you know, and to just look at something like that and then it stares you in the face. Why don't I do this trivial thing more often? Or there was something that I always felt, that I felt that I had to do every time I did it, it led to something, it led to something wrong and then to be able to look at that and say, well, do I need to do that? Uh, quite often the answer that comes back is no. And that means that I chose to do that. And that gives me, um, that lends me some control over, over making some sort of 
of change. But it's a way of being able to, as you, you, you're living that narrative, you're, you're, you're living through that narrative, and then to be able to look back on this narrative as if you're another person. I know I keep saying that, but I think that's the best way of doing that. You so know, it helps you, it, it helps it, you become it, more mindful. It helps us become more mindful. It does. Okay. It helps us become more mindful. And by becoming more, more mindful, uh, it shows us possibilities. Gotcha. So we can change, change behaviors based on uh, witnessing them in the, in the first place. Yeah. You know, you know, if you, if you think about, uh, think about another person, think about something you're very, somebody you're very close to, um, somebody who, you know, who you have a great deal of empathy for, and you have a great deal of compassion for, and you can look at their lives, you can see their lives, and it, it becomes, I think we're pretty clear about, gee, I wish you could stop doing that. To be able to treat yourself in the same way, to get that same sort of clarity uh, about yourself. Well, you demonstrate that the brain is subject to illusion. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because we're having to use our brain to do this journaling and make these decisions. Well, the uh, the brain is uh, is selecting, interpreting, and perceiving uh, in ways that don't necessarily correspond to what's to what's out there. I mean, from the sensory level to the psychological level, we're we our brains. I'm sorry to say, but our brains just aren't strong enough to take everything everything in, and uh, and and and. As a as a means of survival, as a means of survival, we we select, we filter, we interpret, we put things into some sort of a hole. Uh, that hole uh, on the psychological level is is that is that narrative of the person that of the person that we are, and the narrative about the worlds that uh, that exist that exist around us. But this narrative is. Um, uh, does not does uh, does it's it's a way of looking at things. It's an it's an illusion, not in the sense that it's false, but in the sense that it's it's incomplete. Partial information. Yes. But we're we're creating this identity in order to have a place to 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 work in the world. How can we transcend our need for identity so that we have more flexibility? Uh, uh, I think, I think the best way to do that is to begin to is face up to, to who we are. Think about ourselves. Um, try to try to identify those sub cells. Try to identify the kind of person we are in in different in 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 different roles. Um, you know, think about think about the voices in your head. Uh, and I you know I I don't want to pull us off of the planet Earth here, but. Uh, but but there's that that constant narrative that 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 narrative flow that we have. Anybody who's done, you don't have to do meditation. You just have to you just have to go go for a walk, and uh, you know you you quietly have these thoughts that are making you making you happy, making you anxious. Um, and uh, sometimes, of course, we speak those thoughts out loud, which is uh, another another curious phenomenon. But to understand that that this is part of us that. That we're we're listening to ourselves. We're listening to these neural these neural collection uh, uh, connections. Um, often these are the these are voices these are voices that have been there 
or uh, th that are the voices of other people, um, people who are powerful others in, in our in, in our lives. Um, and uh, to, to listen to those voices, but not to become enslaved by those voices. Well, isn't that the first step out of it is by hearing what, what you, what's running you? It, what, what is running, what's running through your head and uh, to um, uh, to look at it with to look at it with a, cr a critical eye. We don't need, we need, I mean, uh, uh, what was it? Um, um, uh, uh, David Foster Wallace talked about our factory defaults. Um, uh, you know, when you get up in the morning and whatever's there, whatever, whatever is playing out, it may, it may be helpful. It may be that our, our minds are trying to tell us something and they are trying to tell us something, but that doesn't mean we listen to, have to listen to everything that our minds mm. are telling us. Um, but but so this how, how, but, but this re requires requires stepping back from ourselves and requires an effort effort effortful way of thinking about ourselves in a way that doesn't necessarily come naturally. How how do we relate to others though without having the, the identity to do so? Um, well, we 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 do have. We do have an identity, and I would suggest that I would suggest to you, to most people, that uh, this kind of fear that when we start to think this way, that we're just going to we're just going to turn into little insane asylums, that that's not the way it is. That uh, that this that these are private moments, and once we get out once we get out in the world, that wholeness comes back. Uh, but we can prepare ourselves. We can prepare ourselves that for for what kind of wholeness we want to achieve. Uh, we want to uh, we want to present to them. So you know it, it can be that you know very simply. Okay, every time I see this person, we end up getting in a fight. And how does that fight begin? Well, there's something about she does something that makes me feel this way. Well, look at it a little more carefully. What did you bring to that situation? How did you feel before you you went there? You know, do you do this with other people? You're not. And then, and then we can hopefully become better, become better script writers for ourselves. Um, you know, maybe we can alter the, maybe we can alter that script that we bring to these situations. And, and uh, as we know, uh, we can change everything. What What do you see for the future of self as we evolve as human beings? Well, one thing that I one thing that I see very clearly is uh, the notion of an extended self. Is becoming more and more extended. Uh, so you know, we talk about these boundaries of uh, these boundaries of of ourselves, where we think of it ending where our body ends. And uh, but it's it's something it's something very it's always been something uh, uh, very much more than that. You know, if um, uh, if I you know if I ask you for your name and your address, uh, I write it down on a piece of paper. It's well, you know, I'm sorry, but. Believe it or not, only too soon we're out of time. Robert, <laughs> thank, thanks very much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Our guest this hour has been Professor Robert Levine, the author of many books, including Stranger in the Mirror, The Scientific Search for Self. His website is boblevine.net. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all our exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. 
This has been the Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiyaka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues to bring resources and support in an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.